At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. People everywhere are starting to listen. He's going on French, British, Italian, Japanese television. This is the Wide World of Weingarten. Welcome back. Wide World of Weingarten, episode 18. Or at least I think it's episode 18. That is the number I am going with today. It is Monday, November 8th, just about 12.30 in Los Angeles. We have Baseball Awards finalists finally being announced today at 3 p.m. on MLB Network. Uh, big thing for me and the reason I'll be following on Twitter, I refuse to actually watch the award show itself, is to find out whether or not Wander Franco is going to be an AL Rookie of the Year finalist or not. I'm not going to worry about my bet on Franco until I know if he's a finalist. The, uh, the, the competition for the AL Rookie of the Year finalists, he has Randy Rosarena, Ryan Mount, Mountcastle, Adolis, and Luis Garcia. Uh, to to all fight for three spots. If it was me, I would have Rosarena, Franco, and Luis Garcia as the top three. But I wouldn't be surprised if any combination of those five guys are in the three finalist spots, with the exception that <clears throat> Randy Rosarena is locked into one of those top three spots and is likely the favorite. As far as NL Rookie of the Year goes, it's Jonathan India, Trevor Rogers, and it doesn't matter who's in third. India is going to be the favorite. A.L. Cy Young, same thing. Robbie Ray is going to win. Garrett Cole and somebody else will be the runners-up. The N.L. Cy Young is a bit more complicated. There's four guys, all who have compelling cases. Max Scherzer, Walker Buehler, Zach Wheeler, and Corbin Burns. Uh, one of those four is going to be left out of the finalists, and I honestly don't know who's going to win. I'm alive to all of those guys except Max Scherzer, so I'll be rooting for him to be the one left out, although I'm I'm 
pretty sure he'll be one of the final three. I'm just hoping he doesn't win it. Um, AL MVP is Shohei Otani. Uh, the sooner we, we, we announce it, the sooner I could start getting those tickets processed. Um, looks like it's going to be another almost two weeks until that happens or just slightly under two weeks, but it's Otani's award. He won it months ago. Now we just wait. The NL MVP, Bryce Harper is the favorite. The market seems to think he won. I don't necessarily disagree. I saw some, some MLB.com straw polls or whatever that's, that said he was, he got the most first place votes last time I saw. I assume the three finalists are going to be Harper, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis Jr. If I had to guess the final order of finish, it's going to be the same. <clears throat> can Soto win? Yes. Yes, he could win. Anything could happen. Uh, you know, there's there's all sorts of reasons why he, he could have potentially beaten Harper. Uh, but, but as far as most of the stuff I've read and seen... I would I would say that the smart money is on Harper, and I would be sh shocked. It would be an upset if Soto did win. I think even even as elite as Soto's numbers were in the minds of the voters, he just needed to do slightly more down the stretch, and and he didn't. He he just didn't do you know like like did it come down to one home run or two home runs? No, but another two home runs would have helped. He just just didn't do enough. Um, unfortunately also being on a last place team really, really hurt him. But, uh, you know, I, there's nothing I could do there. So if he wins, it's cool, but I'm, I'm not expecting it. Um, so, so we're going to just hold off on more award stuff till we see what's going on tomorrow after, after the announcement, I'll talk more about this tomorrow and college football. It was another really good college football weekend for me. Um, I, I, it, it sort of alternates for me, whether or not I have a good college football season or a bad college football season. It's, it's inversely, inversely related to my NFL season. So if I have a good college football season, I have a bad NFL season, vice versa. Uh, usually for some reason, it's not both at the same time, but I, I have been more selective this year with college stuff and it has been very successful. Uh, I, I, I know there's week, weekday Mac Maction coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday. I don't bet Mac football anymore. Um, totals are always too high, and I don't I don't like these midweek shootouts. And the market is so competitive. There's there's a lot of people who specialize in the Mac stuff, and they know the injury news, and they're they're way ahead of everything on everything than I am. So uh, it just doesn't fit my my schedule anymore. And the, uh, the, the a lot of the things I focus on in college football, like alternate unders, I, I can't do with with Mac stuff because just they don't go under. So I, I I won't won't have anything on the Mac this week, unfortunately. But there's there's a lot of people you could find on Twitter that love talking about the Mac. You you know there's there's plenty of people who who can fill in on the Mac for me. Um, a lot of what I've been betting and winning on lately in college football is is unders. Uh, games like Alabama or Ole Miss games where they have really high totals and the, the high 60s or low 70s, a 72, a 68, a 66, those are really high for SEC games. And it really only takes a couple couple slow drives or slowing down tempo a little bit or you know, Alabama tends to not let teams score a, a ton against them for, for those games to, to go under. 
Um, Ole Miss versus Liberty was was a game I, I liked this week. I bet it a couple different weeks. And I just assumed that with all of Ole Miss's injuries, they wouldn't have pressed going into the fourth quarter. You know, they wouldn't have run up the score, and they didn't. I think Liberty actually won the second half. Uh, there was some, some late spread drama a little bit, but but not a ton. Uh, the whole second half was kind of slower, slower tempo, tempo wise, and uh, you know if you look, you look at Ole Miss, they've they've only scored uh, what one second half touchdown in the last three weeks, I think. And you know when you when you're playing Liberty and Auburn, Auburn's decent, but those are you know it's not great, especially with with their injuries. Ole Miss, you know. Um, Ole Miss doesn't hit these high totals every week. I think I think they're inflated because people just see Lane Kiffin and think he's running some up-tempo, super turbo offense. Um, this is all my way of saying that I really like the under in the Ole Miss game this week. I think it's 55 and a half. I, I'm betting that. I, I'm going to bet that as soon as I finish uh, finish recording this, so it'll be in before you hear it. Uh, Alabama under 67 and a half this week versus New Mexico State is a huge mismatch. Uh, it's it's not in any way comparable to like, you know, when when Ole Miss plays Liberty this this last week and and they, at least Liberty has some some talent. Malik Wilson, uh, New Mexico State is completely overmatched versus Alabama. This is the kind of game where where you wonder is the the total going to be six and a half? Is it going to be three and a half team total for for New Mexico State? Uh, is Alabama going to win sixty six nothing or sixty nothing? When when do they call off the dogs? Uh, really, just a question of of how much they score before halftime. I could see them really taking it easy in the second half by the time they uh, they get to that point. Um, so Alabama under 67 and a half is, is a bet I like this weekend, uh, but not as much as the Ole Miss under at 55, 55 and a half. Uh, that's, that's my favorite bet so far in, uh, in college football. At bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of 
Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back, wide world of Weingarten, going over the NFL. It was a crazy week nine, a lot of upsets. Favorites went 0-7 against the spread, 2-5 and straight up. So congratulations to all the bookies who won. I know it's been a rough couple of weeks. You got all your money back, I'm sure. And then some, uh, the one of the big games early, the early slate, the Ravens. 34 Vikings 31 is another tough loss for the Vikings. I think Zimmer is probably on his way out in Minnesota and the Vikings, you know, again, not being able to hold a 24 10 lead in the third quarter. It just makes me think that Kirk cousins and Mike Zimmer are not the combination to lead this franchise to a, a championship. Uh, Lamar Jackson, on the other hand, is the guy who could lead the Ravens to a championship. He had 266 yards passing, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, led the Ravens in rushing with 21 carries for 120 yards. I think it was the third most carries by an NFL quarterback uh, in recent history. I don't know about all time, but that, that 21 carries, a lot, of, a lot of carries for a quarterback. Jackson is currently sixth in the NFL in rushing yards. Uh, he's still, uh, to me, Lamar Jackson still has the best MVP odds on the board, 10 to one, 12 to one. Uh, that those are the, the market prices today. When, uh, when you look at the guys who are ahead of him in rushing, it's, uh, Derek Henry, Nick, Nick Chubb, uh, Dalvin cook and Zeke Elliott. That's, that's it. Those are, those are the only guys who, uh, not uh, the guys who are ahead of him this year, but they're also the guys who have, uh, more rushing yards since Lamar Jackson in general, since since Jackson's been the starting QB in the NFL since I think we're talking like week 11, 2018. So uh, the really impressive stuff from Lamar Jackson again. Uh, comeback win. I think he has the best MVP odds. This was his 10th career 100-yard uh, rushing game in the regular season. Ties him with Michael Vick. Uh, I would much rather bet Lamar Jackson here, ten to one, twelve to one. Then Tom Brady on coming off bye week at plus three fifty. I I didn't think Tom Brady's stats were that impressive in his last loss. Um, I would I would I would bet Lamar Jackson here is basically basically what I'm getting at. If you haven't picked up on that yet, 
Uh, Patriots 24, Panthers 6. Patriots are 4-0 on the road, 5-0 on the season. They're alive for a playoff spot. And really, they're only a couple of bad fumbles early in the season away from potentially being 7-2 and as opposed to 5-4. To and four. Mac Jones, pedestrian, 139 yards with a touchdown and an interception. He was 12 for 18. Wasn't asked to do a lot against the Panthers, but he didn't need to do a lot. It was a blowout. Sam Darnold, three interceptions and 33 dropbacks. It's it's becoming clear he is not the guy in Carolina. The Patriots five and four, five and four. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, is the big story. <clears throat> uh, like I said, they're a couple fumbles away from being seven and two, and there's clearly something here with this team. Even with the rookie quarterback, the uh, the Pats Browns game this this week this weekend week ten is all of a sudden a pretty good game for two uh, borderline playoff teams getting to test test their uh, their playoff potential against each other. The uh, the Patriots still have two games left against the Bills, and they're only one game behind for the AFC East title. So that's uh, that's kind of a thing. The, the Bills are not guaranteed to win this division, and the Patriots definitely have a chance. The uh, the Browns, Browns beat the Bengals 41-16. Same old Bengals. As soon as we start talking about them, they uh, they proceed to, to lose two games in a row. Uh, they compounded losing to the Jets by getting blown out by the Browns. Baker Mayfield is playing with multiple injuries. He still went 14 for 21 for 218 yards, two touchdowns. Chubb, Chubb ran for 137 yards, two touchdowns. Pretty solid offensive performance. The team, the, the Browns clearly do not miss Odell Beckham. Jamar Chase for the Bengals had six receptions for 49 yards, no touchdowns on 13 targets. So clearly he's going to get a majority of the targets going forward. But uh, they had a nice defensive plan for, for him this week and shut him down. He's still the offensive rookie of the year favorite. Mac Jones getting getting wins, having five wins is, is really good for him. And it's a compelling argument for why he deserves to be the, uh, the offensive rookie of the year. But Jamar Chase will remain the favorite as long as his numbers stay where they are. Uh, Zach Taylor, who I touted up as he went from 35 to 1 to 10 to 1 for coach of the year has taken a step back uh kevin stefanski who i i've talked about before who circa had at 175 to 1 two weeks ago 125 to 1 last week um starting to think maybe i should have bet that i might still bet it if it's remotely close going forward when circa opens their numbers later this week but uh stefanski won last year and it's it's very hard to see any coach winning back-to-back coach of the year awards so um not not super into that i'm just just making note of of what could be a, a long number at circa when it comes out later this week uh miles garrett had one and a half sacks has 12 on the season he's three clear of the guys in second place um really making his case for defensive player of the year i i personally still think aaron donald is the best defensive player on the planet and that deserves he deserves the award until uh further notice but uh, voters might disagree, and Miles Garrett is definitely making a compelling case. Uh, with apologies to Trevon Diggs, who had a had a bad week. The uh, the Broncos, Broncos thirty, Cowboys sixteen. It was actually thirty to nothing until the final four minutes. Cowboys scored two garbage touchdowns. Uh, very impressive road win for the Denver Broncos. And last week I said they were throwing in the towel, trading Von Miller. Looks like I was wrong there. Uh, I'm occasionally wrong, 
there was a report on the Denver radio last week that that there was this whole issue about a Halloween how how Halloween party in Denver that Von Miller plans that was going to cost a lot of money and he was asking other players to chip in including rookies who don't make a lot of money and were all of a sudden being asked to chip in to host a party they didn't even really want to go to or something um it looks like that might have been the straw that broke the proverbial proverbial camel's back and forced von miller out of denver um another another broncos player confirmed that report on a denver radio show that it was a true story so uh it sounds like that had something to do with the the broncos deciding to move on from miller and trying to get something out of him while they still could get him getting picks from him it did not look like the broncos missed von miller at all um this was their best win best game of the season and uh, the AFC West pretty interesting right now. All of a sudden, the Raiders, Chargers, both five and three. The Chiefs and the Broncos, both five and four. The Chiefs and, and Raiders play each other Sunday night. The the Raiders are in an absolute state of of turmoil right now. It's hard to imagine the roster is going to be full of guys playing hard going forward. Um, they lost to the Giants this week, which we'll talk about in a minute. But the uh, the Broncos are absolutely not out of the division race. Right after I said they were. Uh, the, the whole AFC West, the whole AFC itself is up for grabs. This is the first time Denver will be above 509 games into the season since 2016. I'll break down the AFC division race and the AFC Week 10 games later this week. Mike McCarthy was one of the favorites for Coach of the Year going into this weekend, which I thought was silly at the time, but he's, he's definitely dropped off now after this loss, and hopefully he stays there. I just don't see McCarthy winning Coach of the Year. If I did want a veteran coach, I would definitely bet Bill Belichick over Mike McCarthy, especially you know given the rookie quarterback constraint. But uh, I can't see voters voting for Mike McCarthy, so I'm glad. I'm glad they lost and got that out of the way. Uh, Micah Parsons, he's gone odds-on as the favorite for defensive uh, rookie of the year. Can't say I, I disagree. He had 10 tackles, two and a half sacks, three tackles for losses, um, and a loss to the, the the Broncos this weekend. Can't can't hate on that. It is going to cost me some money as I have. You know, I've peppered over the defensive uh, rookie of the year board some other guys, but at this point, I think it's going to take an injury to Micah Parsons to uh, to likely lose the defensive rookie of the year. He's he's the favorite as we are approaching the halfway point of the regular season. <clears throat> uh, Diggs, uh, Trevon Diggs got torched a couple times, including uh, Tim Patrick's 44-yard touchdown. He's gone two weeks without an interception. He's going to need to have a couple more interceptions to jump back into the defensive player of the year rear race um, on a serious contender note. Um, he's he's probably dropped to you know third to fifth place really at this point, which not surprising, but still still plenty of time. Uh, Jaguars nine, Bills six, killed Survivor pools everywhere. I had some Jaguars second half. I don't play Survivor pools mostly because uh, a lot of the other professionals and friend you know people I'm I'm friendly with are better than me at these pools and i've i i know many pool winners survivor pool winners i know contest winners in vegas and other places um and it's cool that i'm friends with them but i i just realized that there's no point in competing in these pools with people who are better than me so like instead of doing 
the the circa survivor pool i buy gucci shoes and i still have those shoes and when i when i give money to circa i usually just get a hat or a shirt and i have a lot of gambling shirts so i'll take the shoes at this point um josh allen was the mvp favorite coming into this week he went 31 for 47 for 246 yards 264 yards excuse me two touchdowns um everybody has bad games every once in a while that's just just the way the nfl goes any given sunday sort of thing uh dropped him in the mvp a bit i I think he probably stays the MVP favorite with a bounce back performance versus the Jets this week. But like I've been saying personally, I wouldn't bet on him. I would bet on Josh Allen. Um, I'm I'm sorry. I would bet on Lamar Jackson, not Josh Allen. Um, the the Jaguars, Josh Allen though, he was the guy this week, and he was the man. He recovered a fumble, had a sack, an interception. Um, he'll likely be the defensive player of the week. I think the Bills are potentially vulnerable to not win the division. I would really like to see the Patriots step up and win the division, uh, mostly just because I don't like the Bills and I don't want to see them in the Super Bowl. I think the AFC is wide open, and uh, we'll we'll talk more about AFC futures this week. I, I need to dive into the available futures markets and see what's going on. Uh, Dolphins 17, Texans 9. The Texans were held without a touchdown again this week. Even with Tyrod Taylor throwing 43 times, uh, both of these teams are out of the running this year and aren't aren't really going to make any impact on the second half of the season, so not much to say about them. Uh, Falcons 27, Saints 25. The Saints are trying to figure out their quarterback situation without Jameis Winston. Kyle Pitts held to three catches for 62 yards on seven targets. Teams are game planning for him more. But uh, he's a legit weapon. He's not going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, but he's a guy I'm going to keep looking at for props. I like the the two two plus touchdown props on him uh, lately. I, I didn't bet it this week. Um, didn't didn't bet a ton on on Sunday. Mostly mostly just small stuff and props. The Giants 23, Raiders 16. Raiders rallied for a big win after firing John Gruden, but I, I think their season's falling apart. Besides their uh, their former wide receiver who's on his way to prison, I think uh, they, they just released Damon Arnett, one of their, their other first-round picks who's, who's been awful on the field. Um, you just can't win in the NFL when you miss on as much talent in the draft as the Raiders have, and it's it's going to catch up. It's, it's, it's a team that's depleted of talent. It has bad culture. Um, it's, it's just bad situation and, uh, they're going to play down to the level of their competition. They're, they're not winners. And, uh, I, I think they'd be lucky to get two more wins the rest of the season. Uh, big game this weekend for them and for the, the chiefs loser will be at the bottom of the AFC West most likely. So, um, let, let's see what they do this weekend. I think. It's going to be one of those situations where the Chiefs take lopsided money like they do every week. Um, then the Chargers. Chargers beat the Eagles 27-24. I don't know if the story here is the Chargers won or the story is the Chargers barely beat the Eagles. 356 passing yards from Justin Herbert. Uh, puts him back in the second tier of the MVP race. Brandon Staley re-solidified himself as one of the front runners for Coach of the Year. Uh, obviously, still behind Cliff Kingsbury at this point. 
the uh the the Eagles look better this week. They they look better than they have in past weeks, but I'm I'm still not sure Jalen Hurts is the guy I would build around. Um I I could see both sides to that argument, but just personally I think they're going to need to find another quarterback via the draft or wherever. It's not going to be the guy long term of Jalen Hurts. Um Chiefs 13, Packers 7. I said Packers plus seven was an overreaction, and I think I was right. The score was slightly misleading. The Packers missed two field goals in the first half, muffed a punt to give the Chiefs the ball back and a 10 nothing lead. Jordan Love didn't look great, but he was 19 for 34 for 190 yards with a fourth-quarter touchdown pass and an interception to cover the spread in his first career start. Patrick Mahomes was only 20 for 37 for 166 yards with a touchdown. So relative to Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in football, it wasn't that bad of a start for Jordan Love's you know, first career start on the road in Kansas City especially with the Packers not doing him any favors with the missed field goals and the muff punts, uh, encouraging stuff from the Patrick, the, the Packers defense versus Mahomes. But at this point, I'm starting to think that, that Mahomes is playing with some sort of lingering injury that's affecting his performance. Cause these are, these are consistent substandard performances that even with, you know, the, the constraints of his offensive line and everything around him, he should be, be doing slightly better, but we'll find out Sunday night versus the Raiders, which, which one of these AFC West teams is is going to be on the 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 bottom of the the playoff hunt? Um, Green Bay they could afford to lose this game and they could they did um, they they could have won though I mean they really really could have won those two missed field goals were came came in huge they, they had the ball late um, they should be encouraged by Jordan Love's performance slightly um, not not obviously enough to play him next week it's Aaron Rodgers' team the minute he he comes back but. Uh, the the takeaway here is that Green Bay has to clean up their their special teams. Uh, Mahomes and Rodgers are both not going to contend for the MVP. I think Rodgers missing the game is going to hurt him. Mahomes, you know, having comparable stat lines to Jordan Love is not going to going to do anything for anybody. So uh, both of these guys are out. Thanks for playing. Cardinals thirty one. 49ers 17. This was the weirdest score of the week. Cardinal uh, Colt McCoy subbed for Kyler Murray and went 22 for 26 with a touchdown. Uh, James Conner scored three times. The Cardinals won without Kyler Murray, uh, Hopkins, JJ Watt, AJ Green. Um, solid win for the Cardinals. Really bumped Cliff Kingsbury up for the coach of the year. A division road win by two touchdowns with 430-plus yards of offense while missing your two best players. We'll definitely do that. I had the uh, I had the 49ers plus 8.5 and some Wong teasers I took last Monday. Uh, those never had a chance. I think the Raiders closed minus 5.5 or something. So, you know, sometimes you you get the best number you could get in the best situation and nothing matters. That was just one of those cases. Um, Kyler Murray's MVP odds dropped a bit with being out this week. Kind of, kind of similar situation for Aaron, for me with Aaron Rodgers. I just don't see these guys winning MVP being one game worth of stat production behind these, these other quarterbacks. who are going to put up elite numbers. I would put Lamar Jackson ahead of Kyler Murray right now. They're, they're close to each other, but I think, I think Lamar is still my guy. Um, Kingsbury will be the favorite for coach of the year this week. Uh, I think that's probably a better bet than uh, the 
the uh, Kyler Murray MVP stuff. Um, we'll talk about Offensive Player of the Year and whether or not that's going to end up being a quarterback consolation prize for the second best quarterback or if somebody like Cooper Cup is going to win it. Uh, wide receivers don't historically run away with Offensive Player of the Year, so we'll, uh, we'll look into that later this week as well. The Titans. Titans upset the Rams 28-16. The Rams took a 3-0 lead into the second quarter, and then all of a sudden, two, two quick Matt Stafford turnovers later. It was 14-3, then 21-3 before halftime, and then it was basically over. The Rams cut it to 21-9 early in the fourth, but that was as close as they got. Stanford will take a hit. Stafford will take a hit on the MVP odds because of this. Uh, Sean McVay will take a hit on Coach of the Year, and the Rams are potentially headed to the wild card as opposed to winning the division with, with Arizona ahead of them right now. The Rams have a very bad, disadvantageous schedule coming up. They have back-to-back -back road games, San Francisco and Green Bay. Fortunately, there's a bye week in between there, so it's not true back-to-back -back road games, but uh, travel is never fun in the NFL, especially Green Bay come into the cold part of the season after that they get the jaguars at home which you know you just saw is not not necessarily an automatic win uh, probably going to be a win but not automatic and then another road game at the cardinals so uh three road games in five weeks not great they uh they just added von miller to the defensive line so that'll that'll be cool it's an interesting spot going to san francisco who's facing their potential ninth straight loss at home. Um, yeah, the Rams The Rams really have no favors being done to them with their second-half schedule. Five road games in eight weeks with two back-to-backs, although the first back-to-back -back has a bye week in between, so it's not a true back-to-back. -back, but that's five five weeks of travel and eight eight weeks of playing in the NFL. It's a lot. The, uh, the Titans did not miss Derrick Henry, which... Um, kind of would kill any MVP conversation for me. He was, you know, it didn't matter that he wasn't playing. You can't be the MVP if your team blows out other teams when you don't play. Um, Titans, potential number one seed in the AFC. So that's, that's a thing. Um, we'll go through the NFL awards and future stuff probably tomorrow. I'm just waiting for more places to post and we'll go over circus stuff later in the week. Uh, college basketball starts this week. It's a sport I don't really bet that much anymore. I used to bet a lot more college basketball, but this uh, this well-known professional gambler who goes by uh, Dale Doback, he has other other aliases as well that you might be familiar with, but he, he once said something that nobody over the age of 30 should bet college basketball. Um, I kind of agree with that. I'm slightly over the age of 30 now, so... Um, I, I don't bet it and I don't bet it because I'm over at the age of 30. I just don't, don't find it as fun or enjoyable anymore. It's also a very competitive market and I, I like to kind of fish where others aren't fishing as opposed to being first to market in these things. Um, what I do do, what I have had success in is focusing on the big West and doing a lot of first half, second half stuff. I might, uh, I might do that this year. Uh, probably will do that just because there isn't much else to do that time of year. So um, look forward to that. It'll, it'll be when the conference stuff starts, though. So uh, I, I probably won't be betting much college college basketball. Uh, but we might talk about it. You know, we might talk about all sorts of things. So, you know, never say never. The, the golf, 
golf this weekend was not particularly exciting. Uh, Victor Hovland won in, in Mexico by four strokes. Maverick McNeely got up as high as fourth. Um, fourth on Sunday before the, the late later guys teed off. He finished tied for 11th at minus 14. Shot all four rounds in the 60s this week, but wasn't enough to to contend. He was nowhere close to Victor Hovland's uh, 23 under. Uh, Grayson Sig made the cut, shot 10 under. He'll keep getting money for me at big odds, but he was not not a contender this week. Did, did make the cut, so good for him. Uh, Thomas Peters won in Europe. Peters, Peters, I don't actually know how to say his last name. Um, he was one of the favorites. Wasn't particularly surprising to see him win. Uh, it was a crap field event and $1.5 million, so whatever. Uh, Min Woo Lee, he, he was all right. He was up near the top. Uh, wasn't really a contender. Did get a top 10, <clears throat> which reminds me, I, I really need to focus more on the top 5, 10, 20 market. I am identifying guys who are playing well if they're not necessarily winning. My my hope is to incorporate uh, top 10, top 5, 10, 20 stuff into my betting more by January when the, the PGA season kicks off in Hawaii. Uh, this week, the Euro Tour heads to Dubai, Dubai to wrap up their season. This is like the early, uh, the early event. I think they're playing back-to-back -back events in Dubai. Uh, so this event is like one and a half million dollar prize pool. It'll go up to like nine million, I think, for the the season finale. There's a warm up event, weaker field. Uh, Dean Burmeister, he won the PGA South African Championship by two strokes last weekend on the Sunshine Tour. If he can carry over his form from South Africa to Dubai, he'll be on the list of guys for me. Uh, I threw a hundred bucks on him at 30 to one this morning with nothing available at bigger shops like Sicker or Chris. I'm going to wait to see what numbers pop up. Um, so it was only, only a small bet, a very small bet for me. Uh, PGA tour is in Houston this week for the Houston open. I have not bet Maverick McNeely McNeely yet at 33 to one odds, but I likely will. Again, I'm just waiting for other places to open to compare numbers. Uh, Brooks Kepka 25 to one to 30 to one is interesting. I think that's, you know, you can get big numbers sometimes on <clears throat> guys, prominent guys who are returning to form, um, in these events. It's worth a look. Uh, farther down the list, I didn't see anything in the 100 to 1 range to, to get my attention on, on Monday. Hopefully, I'll see something tomorrow. Uh, $7.5 million prize pool in Houston this week. I always just like to compare uh, between the Euro Tour and the the uh, the PGA Tour what the prize pools are, just so you could see, you know, obviously the PGA Tour is always where it's at. A million and a half compared to seven and a half million, always going to draw better talent. Um, but it's, it's always important to know what they're playing for to, uh, to know how, how these guys, how much they care, um, or what they're playing for then. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dive more into the golf tomorrow. <clears throat> uh, I have, I have more, more work to do to, to get up to speed on all these markets, but, uh, thank you. <clears throat> thank you for listening. I need some water. been talking for about 34 minutes. So, uh. Yeah, thank you. I'll be back tomorrow.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.